But the difference is I am based in reality. I'm not delusional to think. And I have tried bigger doses. Other people have done that too and they have not responded. So why would you think that there's some magical thing that we're holding from you and it's a God conspiracy for us and other podcasts to be like, no, 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 don't take enough gear. Like we don't want you to get as big as we are or we don't want you to be good like everybody. It's laughable if you break it down to its most rudimentary components. There, I feel better. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear. I'm Scott McNally. Of course, I'm here with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry, and we are joined by IFBB Pro Weapon X. Actually, oh, man, I didn't have the... I am so disappointed that you did... There you go. Ah, there it is. Skip, I, I bet you didn't know that we had that button. Weapon X. It's not as good as the other one, though. You like the What's skip the likes the, skip likes the air horn. <laughs> I do like the air horn. I'm it, a it's big really fan good. of the air horn. We'll find a place for the air horn tonight, guys. Uh, so we wanted to bring Derek on to hang out with us. We'll answer some of the listener questions you guys have. Anything we don't get to uh, that you guys left on YouTube, we will get to them on the next show. Uh, but we wanted to hang out and, and chat with you, man, because you are next show, which yep. will be the Chicago Pro, correct? Yes, sir. Hell yeah, man! So, I actually, uh, I had right like right before I jumped on, I had just gotten home from the gym, uh, trained back today, second round of cardio, and ate my like scarfed down my post workout meal, and had to hurry up and get on here. So right here I am! Yay! <laughs> I got some pictures, guys. These were uh, something that uh, Derek. I think I just said Weapon X. IPB Pro Derek Oslin. Uh, I've got some pictures here that you had recently posted. So this is about where you're at now. You're in the 212 mm-hmm. division for anybody who who doesn't know you and hasn't watched the Brass Tax podcast. Um, man, you're you're looking. I would say, in my personal opinion, I feel like you are at your best ever. You're, you know, this is really good. How are you feeling about Thank this? Thank you. I've uh, emotionally and mentally, I feel fantastic. Physically, I feel like shit. Um, but I mean, you know, that's par for the course. Um, but I'm very, very pleased with where we are. Um, this is by far my leanest, biggest, hardest ever. Um, we, me and Dave, uh, my coach Dave Kalick, uh, we um, we learned some things after New York. The main thing being that we were way too conservative with how we pulled water um, a day out from the show. We were we were happy with the way we looked, and we took a conservative approach with the carb up but an even more conservative approach with the water um and i ended up not being as dry as i should have been or as dry as i normally get um when we pull water harder so um lesson learned uh we we talked we figured it out we know exactly what we're going to do next week and we'll be primed and ready to rock Hell yeah, man. You've been dieting for quite a while, too. I remember for anybody who hadn't followed our saga through the podcasts, you you started working with Dave. That was really around the beginning of the year, right? Actually, no. We started working in the summer of last year. Oh, was it that early? Yeah, so we went through an off-season period together. I got up to about 262, somewhere between 262 and 264. Um, That was around October. And uh, Dave was like, dude, you can't keep growing, man. You're not going to be able to make 212 if you keep going like this. And, yeah. uh, like, I wasn't eating a crap ton of food. I was eating a lot. But 
um i was actually i spent most of that period on a cruise as far as like a cycle um i wasn't even full full blast i think i was i think i was like two months into a cruise at 125 a week okay um, and when I started like the you. Cruise, Can you just say that one more time? Yeah, you, people aren't going to like this. Enough. It isn't going to matter like how this. many times he says it. Yeah, the <laughs> listeners <laughs> are <laughs> This is a conspiracy that the three of us have created and, and, and supplementation yeah. and listening to your coach. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to. So, I will, so, okay, so so here's what I did. So I listened to my coach, and uh, I ate everything that he told me to eat. And, yeah, I was so for about eight, nine weeks uh, of that last se- uh, segment of the offseason, I was doing – 125 uh sip a week and okay. that was it and when i started that cruise i think i was around two somewhere between 246 and 249 and then i got up to 262 from there okay um so and true trt for those at home that were mm-hmm. we did yes. get somebody and we get this and i've, I've noticed it and it's been irking me a little bit we've got on the people, youtube comments yeah you people on youtube comments and it was when we were talking about what you had run and, and what you've run for contest people were like man i really enjoy the channel but i wish you guys would just be honest let me tell you something we don't have any reason to lie here no. like i mean what invested interest do i have to make you believe that anybody's doing anything other than what they're doing. I think that the reality is is that people have a hard time grasping that though. If you know, I number one, I'm gonna say I think that you are you are a gifted human being. You know, there is that. You and I don't have the same genetic skills to grow muscle. There is that. But, you know, number two, there's there's a lot I think that that people could do better at that they're not doing better at you know that they could do better without having to because i think some people you know they're hammering the gear and they're not getting the results you are and i think it's frustrating to them and then they think that we're lying honestly flat out we've i've heard more than once i agree i agree with that and the other thing that people need to understand is even if we ignore every other variable as far as nutrition training all that and we just solely focus on the cycle and nothing else if me and someone else does the exact same cycle, there's not going to produce the same body and the same results. It's never going to happen. That's like that's like if Ronnie Coleman came out and said, here's exactly what I did for all of my Olympia wins. If I do the exact cycle that he did, I'm not going to look like Ronnie. Yeah, I might I might leapfrog forward in terms of my own personal progress, but it's still going to be my version of my progress. And it may not. I know I know guys who do probably double and triple what I do and look normal. They don't even look like bodybuilders. Now, obviously, they're probably not doing their nutrition right. They're probably not staying on top of their cardio, et cetera, et cetera. But still. People think that it's just this magic formula that poof, here we go, here's a physique. Sorry, doesn't work like that. But that's because the alternative is in their brain. They have to accept that they're just not going to be good enough. They're not built, they're not cut from the same cloth. And that's a really, I'm not trying to defend it, other than I understand that they don't want to accept it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an advanced form of denial. It is. Well, it must yeah. be the drugs. I'm not doing enough drugs. You guys aren't hardcore enough. You need to go harder. I need to go harder. Then fucking go harder. But you're <laughs> you're looking for this magic. Well, it must be that you're not doing enough gear. Most of those people have done more gear and they haven't responded and they have the same shitty mediocre physique that they all that they already had. And you know what? Before anybody gets pissed at me, I have a shitty mediocre physique. I do so too. I can fucking say it. <laughs> <laughs> Every, 
but the difference is I am based in reality. I'm not delusional to think, and I have tried bigger doses. Other people have done that too, and they have not responded. So why would you think that there's some magical thing that we're holding from you? And it's a goddamn conspiracy for us and other podcasts to be like, no, 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 don't take enough gear. Like, we don't want you to get as big as we are, or we don't want you to be good like everybody. It's laughable if you break it down to its most rudimentary components. There, I feel better. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. That was fantastic. Scott was nice, when he Scott was nice. He's like, oh, it irks me sometimes. No, it really chaps my ass because I've dealt with you. We all have for a very, very long time. As soon as you're bigger than someone else, you must be doing more shit than they are. Yeah. That's the only thing. It's just laughable. You got Andrew. You're a fucking pro. Your doses are minimal. You've heard this from so many people. You're sitting there huge as fuck. You started training in 2014. Your, your doses are minimal. If anybody is listening and they don't like it or they don't get it, I don't want to sound like a dick. I'm just calling a spade a spade. There are other big drug, big dose, irresponsible podcasts out there. Listen to them. Yeah, there is that. Shit. Yeah. I agree. I mean, that's like that's like me. It it, it it would be like if I got pissed or bitter that I'm not in the NBA. I'm five five and a half, bro. <laughs> like, sorry, it's not gonna happen. And no matter how mad I get, or you know, uh, oh, let me let me go like like Scott said in the in the comment. Let me go find out what uh, Michael Jordan's workout routine is. Maybe I'll get taller. Yeah, it's not. Very good sorry, I, I, I'm not built. I'm not built to be a professional basketball player. So yeah. whatever I want, I need to find something else to be good at. I found bodybuilding. So <laughs> it, it is what it is. It is what I'm it never is. Never gonna feel bad for telling the truth. And if you don't like the truth, or people don't like it, then I don't know what the fuck to tell you. You're better at articulating it with 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 class, Skip. You do a good <laughs> job. Because I, I, emo I emote. You stay calm. I emote. Well, I think because like we see these comments and like each one just adds up and another it brings it to another level of like frustration sure. with us. Like we're holding something back. But yeah. you know, the other thing I want to point out is that my experience with people that use AAS is that when they're using AAS, they're doing all the other little things. They're making sure they get their six meals. They're making sure that they're getting their rest. They're not drinking alcohol. They're not doing rec drugs or you know what I'm saying? Their, their training is like number one. All we're trying to say is if you take that same aspect when you're on low doses, you can continue to progress when you're cruising. You can continue to progress if you cr if you check. That's all a whole other boxes. topic. We're getting into yeah. the, the the cruising well, topic. I, yeah. Well, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I just think you know, yeah, we'll leave it at that for now. We'll get and we'll get back to that one. Yeah, we'll I, I hope that. so because there's a lot there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think how could I've taken the next comment and spliced it into 30 seconds. It just can't be done. So yeah, we'll it, can't, it. it can't. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you know, and and the only thing it is for me is that you know I generally generally excuse me, genuinely want to help people, you know, and I want to try to help people giving them the best information that I can. And uh, it's, it is, you use the word frustrating, Andrew. It's frustrating when people think that like we're, we're holding back or something. But anyway, as you can see, Derek, you hit a you hit a hot uh, a hot spot. I know, us. man. Oh, I know how to get you guys riled up. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. So you were you were you were in oh, yeah. uh, a bulk phase, uh, and then yeah. When did you switch those gears, and and what did you weigh at that time? So uh, again, I was floating between two sixty two and two sixty four. Um, Dave basically had said that uh, 
you know, we can't keep growing. Otherwise, you're not going to make 212. So the approach and uh, me and my wife, Anastasia, we had a few trips planned. So the, the consensus and agreement that we came to was, okay, you have all these trips planned. You know, we can't get any bigger. Why don't we just slowly start dropping now? That was October. And then that way, um, as you're dropping weight, when you go on these trips, I told him, like, you know, we're going to Arizona for, you know, this little vacation. We're going to New Orleans for this vacation. We're getting married in February. We have plans for New Year. You got married all of this. You did a lot. You you got married. You've done all these vacations. You've done a lot in this last year. I did. I did. And, you know, I told him, I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm in New Orleans or whatever. I'm not following a meal plan. I'm telling you that right now. I'm going to, like, I don't get to cut loose that often. Um, This is, like, the one twice a year that I get to do it. So so his thought process was, let's cut back now so that when you do have these off-plan, you know, periods, your body will actually benefit from it. And instead of putting on a bunch of undue body fat, your body will be in a place to better utilize it. And I came out of each vacation really barely gaining any weight at all. Hmm. Um, now we were also very active. We walked everywhere. We didn't, you know, really take any Ubers or anything. So there was, I burned a lot of calories and I have a Fitbit that tracked all of it. So there were days where I was burning, you know, 2000, 3000 calories just from walking because we walked everywhere. So, um, so yeah, um, we started coming down from there. So I've been, so basically to answer your original question, I've been technically cutting back uh, uh, dieting per se since October, but it was like l- after Christmas was when we kind of really got serious about it. Okay, um, and really got more aggressive with the with the weight loss. That's what it was. So you've been dieting since literally the beginning of this year, if not just a little bit before that. That's Correct. that's that's a lot, man. That's a long time. But it, obviously, though, it's been it's been working for you. Um, yeah, man, this is. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to see what happens here. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Re- I'm really excited. The body's holding up very well. Um, I'm eating a decent amount of food. Um, you know, all things considered, especially for me, because in past preps, I'm used to. And Andrew knows. Cause I've talked with him about this a lot. Um, you know, I'm used to having a lot of zero carb days, or you know, really, really low, like 40, 50 grams. Um, I have. I've had to do that very frequently, and. I've been eating somewhere around 150 and 200 carbs for like weeks now. I still feel like crap. It's all relative, you know, based sure. on the amount of muscle that you have. And when you're, you know, when you're single digit body fat, you're going to be physically uncomfortable yeah. all the time, matter. no matter what you do. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're eating 500 grams of carbs a day or hundred no. grams of carbs. If you're like stage lean walking around, like you're burning through it. You're just, you're just tired. No matter. It's going to hurt. Yeah. You're yeah. burning through everything. About- it almost the the feeling the way i kind of describe it to people is like if um like not if someone's pinching you but if someone was just grabbing the skin on your arm and then just kind of like lightly pulling on it like enough for it to be annoying but all over your body all the time from the minute you wake up (laughs) yeah that's kind of what it feels like Can I ask you a question about the New York? Um, you said you guys felt like you went a little too conservative on on the water. If you don't mind saying, yeah. like, what what was um, like that protocol going into it, and then what are you doing a little bit differently uh, going into Chicago? So there, okay. So I guess the best way to word it would be there really wasn't a protocol. We used um, we used dandelion root actually, and we really didn't use any other diuretics going into the show. And again. We were really happy with the condition that I was in going into those final days. 
But what we didn't necessarily count on is how much my body was going to hold when we reintroduce higher amounts of carbs. So um, I'm very, very sensitive uh, to hmm. food when we w- to increases. Um, I'm sensitive to inflammation and water holding. So if we're gonna, so I'm, I have the body type that if we're gonna load up with carbs, you we have to be aggressive also with the water pulling in terms of maybe using specific like you know pharmaceutical diuretics. Otherwise, I'm gonna hold water and I'm gonna hold it in my glutes, and that's gonna be the focal point when you're on stage. Unfortunately, that's the first it's a bodybuilding contest but unfortunately that is the first body part they're going to look at to eliminate people out of contention for a win so you know my glutes weren't as hard the morning of the show as they were two three days prior we actually ended up using some aldactone between prejudging and finals and i came to finals like exponentially if i if i had shown up to prejudging the way i looked at finals i I might have won or at least been like top two in that top two comparison, I think. Um, so basically what we're going to do a little where we're going to do different is um, a day out. We're going to use we're going to use diazide probably like half in the morning and half at night. Um, we might use some aldactone two days out when I fly because sometimes my body is unpredictable when it comes to flying. Sometimes I end up losing two three pounds sometimes i gain two three pounds um it it, there's really there's really no way to predict it i try to control it as best i can by drinking enough water during the flight so um the strategy that i utilize is i try to drink a liter of water for every hour that i'm in the air um and then like every half hour to 45 minutes i'll get up and walk i usually have to use the bathroom that often anyway so um, yeah. so it ends up working out. So I just try to move, not stay, uh, stationary for too long. And I try to just keep enough water circulating. And then as soon as I get off the plane to my destination, I usually go to the gym and either, you know, get a light training session in and, or maybe like 20, 30 minutes of cardio on the bike or something. And that just, you know, moves the blood around and I usually back to normal. So I got a, that's I got kind a question. Of, Let me ask yeah, you that's it, kind it, of the plan. Go ahead. with, with these logistics. Um, and this is a serious question. I just spent, uh, literally two days on a plane, you know, like the 18 hours there, 22 hours back. Oh, yeah. There were, you know, layovers and all that, too. So I wasn't flying the whole time. I'm not a huge guy, you know, at 215, 220. Uh, I'm not holding the kind of muscle mass you are. I had a difficult time fitting into a coach seat. Uh, how do you handle that? Especially, I'm sure you're traveling with your wife, Anastasia. She's uh, moved into, is she women's physique or did she move into bodybuilding? No, she's, no, she's in bodybuilding. Very, okay. in, yeah, very I thought so. <laughs> she's got, a, she's, so between the two of you guys, you have uh, a lot of muscle. What, how, how are you planning to deal with that on the plane? Uh, I usually take an aisle seat. So that way I can kind of lean over and just get that your way shoulder she... banged all the whole trip. That flight attendant's coming through <laughs> with that yeah. cart. But you got to give it a <laughs> take it though. So then they think twice and they tiptoe around you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, that's, a lot, that's honestly how I deal with it. 
Is that that's no, that's that, the that's the the trick, Andrew? You just have to like hold tight, and when they slam into you, you just you, hold. You, you just, gotta literally be as immovable as the seat, so they realize that like oh, like unless like the cart's coming because the cart's the size of the the aisle, right? Yeah, like, yeah. People are yeah. walking through, and like you know, they purposely kind of like nudge you a little bit because they want you to move into the seat. But yeah, you just mm-hmm. early on in the flight, you just get you, just like you're holding your front relaxed almost, just kind of like sit there and hold it, and when they come through, they. <laughs> Man, that guy's got an elbow and a tricep on him. <laughs> you gotta set it up. You gotta set it up they, right. Next thing you know, they're walking sideways when they're going around you, and you don't have to keep moving every five seconds. How many and milligrams of D ball do you suggest I should take? Like thirty minutes out from that flight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to prep for the next flight. You know, a little injectable D ball, maybe a little Halo. I was like, what? I was like, what the hell is he going with this? I think our critics just perked up all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, you know, D ball prior to the taking notes, bro. Taking notes. The right comments now. about to light up yeah. right now. I hope yeah. he answers this. How many D? How many milligrams of D ball? Right then. Um, that's probably like the one thing that I hate the most. Uh, that one specific compound. This is the only one that I've taken where I will probably never touch it ever again. D ball. Um, yeah, I hated it. I hated it. My appetite was terrible. I never retained so much water before in my life. My blood pressure was high. It was the only time that I've ever gotten blood work done during a cycle where it came back relatively shitty. Really? Yeah. Only time ever. My blood... I've, I've gotten... In fact, this uh, that's one thing that Dave is really big on, too, um, is getting blood work done during the prep. And I've gotten blood work done three times during this prep. Not okay. so like since since we started dieting. So since January till now, I've gotten blood work done three times. It's come back probably like ninety five percent perfect. Awesome like man. Cl- cholesterol is a little high, and liver enzymes were. I think ALT was like in the high fifties, and AST was in the high forties. That's it. Everything else was completely in range. <laughs> you know What's that, Andrew? Those numbers, liver enzymes, those will be high after taking a nap. You know what I mean? Like if you're an yeah. athlete of any type <laughs> yeah. and you don't take like three, four days off, like they're always going to be high, yeah. you know? Exactly. Uh, but everything else was it was completely in range. And again, I've been dieting and on cycle since then, since January. So that's also another layer of genetics, you know? Yeah, in sense sure it is. How your body processes and metabolizes compounds in a positive way and not, you know, none of the hepatoxicity, you know, your HDL yep. wasn't crashed down in the teens, it sounds like. Correct. Uh, you know, your, your CRP was, if you got that test, it was probably below one yep. or even yep. less. Like all yep. those markers. I mean, like I tell people, there's so many levels of genetics. There's the genetics to be able to put on muscle and grow from compounds, tissue, training, all that stuff. But then there's also the genetic side of being able to process compounds and not see those, right. all those little red markers on your labs. And I think that's overlooked by a lot of people too. And that's another reason why people can do the same compounds and get completely different results like if you if one person has those you know the hepatoxicity you know their their hemoglobin and hematocrit are all out of whack and all that stuff your body is not going to utilize the compounds the same way and you're not going to get the same progress now we're we're not all saying that you're not going to make progress we're just saying that the progress is going to be different for better or worse and you have to be okay with that as long as you're doing all of the other variables correctly. Now, if you're not doing all the other variables cor- correctly, then you get what you get. And, you know, if you're not willing to change that, then that's on you. But, I mean, there's enough information that's being provided by these by these guys, by all of us, where you should know what it is you shouldn't, should and should not be doing in order to get 
you know, optimal progress in what you're trying to, what you're running and how you're eating and all that. Which is a great point because I'm going to go on record and say this. Anybody who's complaining is a critic saying that we're hiding shit. You send me your diet and you send me your training and I'll rip it apart and I'll show you exactly how you're fucking up. Because I guarantee if your progress isn't that good, you're fucking something up. You're not 100%. You're not as efficient and optimal as you think you can be, even with subpar genetics. Because, again, I have mediocre genetics. Send me your shit and I'll rip it apart. Wow, you're getting like free coaching by Skip. Go to teamskip.com. He didn't say free. (laughs) No, no. Honestly, I will do it for free. But it's not coaching. It's me making a point. It's a matter of principle. I'm going to show you how you're... I'm not going to tell you what to change. I'm going to tell you what's wrong, but I'm not going to tell you what to change. Then you can go back and go, no, that's not right. I do this. Here's the problem with that, Skip, is that no no one's going to send you their shortcomings you know what i mean like no one's they're gonna be like nope i hit my cardio every day 20 minutes i do this posing practice everyone's perfect always yeah you know what i mean like it's until you lie down in your bed you guys heard me say this a million times lie down in your bed at night you're staring at the ceiling fan you and the ceiling fan know you're full of shit and when it's just (laughs) the two of you when it's just the two of you you both know whether you're fucking being truthful or whether you're denying your shit you and the ceiling fan i love that metaphor what's is it can someone get a t-shirt made (laughs) with a ceiling fan on it that's right scott's got a lot of good clips to to uh to air for the show for yeah (laughs) endless endless like endless endless uh uh intros sound bites so we have uh we have a bunch of different listener questions they weren't necessarily directed toward Derek, uh but before we got and i wanted to hang out and answer questions with Derek, get his opinion of course get your guys's opinion do the thing that we always do um but before we got to that did you guys have anything else that you wanted to ask weapon x yeah, what, um, so you said, uh, Chicago and Tampa. Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> Chicago and Tampa, what else, uh, did, do you have any other shows, or are you going to call it quits after that? Because it has been, obviously, a long year for you. Um, I mean, one way or another, I'm getting to the Olympia, whether it's on okay, points that's, that's or whether it's that. when. Yeah, so, going. like, even if I win Chicago, I'm still going to do Tampa. Um, yep. it, it only makes sense. I live 10 minutes from the venue. Um, and I know a lot of guys that are doing the show, and there's a lot of heavy hitters there. And I think it would be, you know, if I, especially if I won Chicago and then go into the Tampa Pro as a, as a Chicago Pro champ, that's that's t- that's ticket sales. And you know, to an extent, um, I think that one thing that's kind of been lost, in my opinion, in in uh, our era of bodybuilding is like when I when I think back to like the '90s and the 2000s. Um, yeah, there were less divisions, but you could go to really any show as a fan and more than likely see your favorite or one of your favorite bodybuilders competing, right? And it, and it meant something, right? Mm-hmm. So um, while it is hard for me to view myself this way, I do uh, recognize that there are people who are fans of the sport who are fans of me that I may not necessarily know who they are. Um, it's really weird concept saying that out loud. Um, but I want to, I want to bring some of that element of older bodybuilding back, um, for myself, uh, as a competitor and also as a fan of the sport. That's what I would want to see. I would want to see guys showing up and competing and seeing all the different big names battling it out. Imagine if you only saw Tom Brady at the Super Bowl. 
and you didn't see him at any other game over the, the course of the year. The Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what I mean. He's so, done literally 50% of his career. But no, I mean, pretty I, I much. I know what you're saying. But, yeah, th- football wouldn't be as exciting if you only saw the top players at the biggest game and then you never saw them at any other point in the year. What incentive is there for you to be invested in the sport? And while, yes, as competitors, our goal is to obviously make it to the Olympia um, and bring the best that we can, I also think that we owe it. If we want to grow the sport, we do have to show up to shows more. Um, that's just my thought process. So um, I want to show up. Kinda so like even Milos, if I, uh, like kind of like a Milos uh, approach to bodybuilding, he compete like six, ten shows a year, and then do the Olympics still. Whereas like guys today, like you won't see Rami on a on a qualifier ever again. You won't see probably Derek Lunford at a qualifier for a very long time. Right. 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 Exactly. And I just you know you you can't. And, I, and, I'm, and I don't want anyone to take this as me throwing shade. All I'm saying is, is that you can't on one hand as an athlete, you know, complain that bodybuilding isn't getting the recognition that it deserves and then be off the radar 364 days of the year. That's like, just it, it's like we're not going to grow the sport that way. So I'm curious and I should know this, but where did you you said that things didn't go very well in New York? Where did you finish? Fourth. OK. All right. Yeah, so you know, I, I still made first call out. I still got that top four comparison, but I, I, I think I, sh- if I had, if if I think if we had pulled water harder and I came in the way that I was, you know, that I was supposed to, that I knew I should have, I should have won that show. Well, so, you got redemption here in in a week and a half. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how you see see how you do. I hope you do very well, and you probably will. And I already Thank told Derek if he uh, makes it to the Olympia that I'm going. So I'm getting ready to buy my tickets. I'll be uh, be logged in. I'm going one. I'm going one way or another. Even even if if I have to compete again one more time after Tampa in order to get points, if that's what needs to be done, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going one way or another. So uh, to answer to finish answering Andrew's question. <laughs> cool. Right on. All right, I've got some other stuff, um, and this will be fun. So this actually, this is a question that uh, somebody asked me on Instagram, a listener of our show, and I said, you know what, this would be a great topic for the guys over at the BSG Coaching Q&A. So you see somebody hitting their uh, rear lat spread. The question he asked is, should I open it up all the way, like you see on the top here, or should I leave it kind of flexed where you can show more detail? And uh, you know, I've got some thoughts on this, but I wanted to turn it over to you guys and hear what your thoughts were. Open it up, yeah, all the way. I agree. Yeah, I okay, agree. Just, we all agree. The, the tr- well, the pose is f- literally for width. When you the back double bias for detail. That's about the exactly. easiest, most basic way to explain it. It's not that the bottom one doesn't look. It doesn't look bad, but you want to show off the width and get as wide as you can possibly get in that pose. In my opinion, I was I was hoping you guys would say the same thing. I figured as much, but definitely the, the just immediate uh, uh, gut reaction too is yeah. There's a little bit more detail on the bottom one, but the like his back looks flat. It doesn't stick out at you. Um, like the 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 rear delts pop a little bit more, but the actual lats themselves they they just look very flat. 
Um, so whereas the the top one, the lower latch jump out at you, there's a little bit more of a three D three D effect. Um, and like you guys one- said, it's Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm gonna, no it's okay. No, uh, and like you guys said, it's not the, the the rear lat spread is not a detail shot. It is a right. size and width shot. And if you happen to have, if you're lean enough, the detail will show. You won't right. have to do weird shit to try and make it show. The only other thing I was going to add was the bottom shot doesn't look bad on its own. But stand have one guy on one side and one guy on the other who actually are open, and you're not going to look as wide. So, no, yeah. I'm giving it to the top guy. Yep, I'm giving it to the top guy. Yeah, exactly. That, would, that's what my thought bottom, was too. The bottom shot kind of looks a, like a way a lot of um, first-time amateurs hit it. You know, when you were mm. like, "Man, if that guy could just learn to open up his laps," mm. like, he's, you know what I'm saying? Like when you go to like a local show, I feel like we see that a lot. Whereas the top one, he's really learned how to open up. I even think he can improve it a little bit more by driving his shoulders up and leaning back more. Hmm. But that's yes, yeah. There is more. Skip. He does need more of a lean back. I yeah. completely agree. But with but you. but yeah. look how much width he just added to himself. Yep. You know what I mean? You, you can make your waist You're, look smaller than that, and you can make yourself look even wider with a few more tweaks. You're talking about like shr- like shrugging the shoulders, like um, not sh- not shrugging uh, because elevation. Because when you say shrug, people think of like their traps. Completely disengage the traps out of it and drive the shoulders right. up. Just it's like such a subtle little like one or two inch movement, and it's gonna. St- I'm pointing like you guys can see. It's gonna stretch out. <laughs> right, idiot. It's gonna stretch out. Like where the infraspinatus and the supraspinatus and the teres lie, and it's just going to make the rear delts pop just a little bit more outward, and it's going to and, and by doing that, by leaning back at the same time, it's going to make his waist look a little bit smaller and his lower back a little bit more depth to it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's hard to explain without actually showing without pointing. Visual. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult like, for yeah. <laughs> Scott Stevenson added, "You can show detail by pulling back first, yes. Christmas tree, etc., and then spread wide." Exactly. Exactly. That is a veteran yep. move right there. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh let's see. Neven had one. That was good. Us. I like that. Nevin. He says, um thoughts on support gear when training as a newbie. Um, I see a lot of guys and girls in the gym that are clearly beginners at weight training. Um, back belt, knee wraps, straps, wrist wraps, the works. Is it a bad idea? I've been told by professional physical therapists uh, that supportive gear will weaken the muscles around the joint. So is it a bad idea for new lifters to use these support systems when they haven't built a foundation and the little muscles that support the joints? My, my first thought is like when when physical therapists or doctors or whatever kind of tell you this kind of stuff you look at them and usually they're 165 to 200 pounds never looked at a weight <laughs> in their life they don't know what it feels like to have five plates on their back or you know what it feels like to load up 10 or 12 plates on a leg press so i don't think they have the the exact frame of mind that we are in when we're going to the gym where we're like it's not like we're trying to get something to do the weight for us and, and we're like you know, we're not like powerlifting where we're using a bench shirt, you know. For me, like knee sleeves provide just a little bit of warmth to the knee, just a little bit of compression. Just make me feel a little bit safer, I guess, when, when you're getting real deep on like a leg press or a hack squat or whatever it might be. Um, I don't think it – unless you're like you know, you're wrapping your knees. I what about though? He's be. saying like newbies. Does that make – because you're an advanced guy. That's kind of what I was guy. wondering too. Like if it's a fresh newbie, it, a little different. I don't, how do you do well, that? How do you – you know, ugh. I don't know when the exact right time to start. I know. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. There is a kind of maybe you start first the few first few months and then you only use those supports for your heavier, you know, your heavier sets. But they probably should be limited to some degree, especially for a newbie. 
uh, well, because you got to if you come to rely on them, then yeah, you probably could be fucked and create weaknesses. I don't well, know. well, maybe the other thing he's pointing out is like because I think you guys see it at the gyms too, like guys that have been maybe in the gym for six months and they've got special special squat shoes, yeah, yeah. Got a belt, they've got every type of wrap and sleeve and this and that that you could possibly have to to bench press one eighty five or to mm. squat you know two twenty five. Okay, I 100% agree with you on that. That like I would still call those guys newbies, even if they've been lifting for a while, but they haven't made much progress. Like you do need to build a, a, a base of strength before you start adding some of those things in, for sure. His, my thought on it is, um, I think those the you know the, the the protective gear should come into play when the amount of weight that you are moving at that moment in time is starting to exceed your connective tissues ability to naturally completely support it what i mean is like if you're doing a leg press so like using myself as an example the when i started using knee and elbow sleeves i think i remember the exact moment i was training at montanari powerhouse and i was doing a leg press set with like 10 or 11 plates on each side and i finished the set and my knees kind of ate and i was like that's never happened before I don't like the way that feels. So I bought some knee sleeves and now yeah. my knees don't ache anymore. And I've been t- continued to get stronger since then. So, um, my, so again, my opinion is when, when the amount of, cause your muscle will continue to get stronger, but you, there does come a point where you are moving an amount of weight that does put the connective tissue, um, tendons and ligaments at risk. So you use a protective gear to give your tendons and ligaments the support that they need that they don't, you know, implode and then you continue to get stronger that's my thought that makes sense all right i've got one from patreon by the way i wanted to say uh, thank you to everybody who's helping to support all of our programming through patreon you guys are making a difference in fact i was able to buy um a, a memory card that i needed and a couple of pieces of equipment that i needed to to shoot some vlog stuff that i'm still working on uh, while i was over in england so thank you guys for helping me to be able to buy that stuff his name is Dirty Mike and the Girls, <laughs> which is a crazy name. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, question for the bodybuilding uh, coaching podcast. Um, how do you guys suggest building up the glute medius for glute width and the upper butt? Uh, when I use the abductor machine, I feel it in my TFL, and it takes like 60 reps to get a good burn in my glutes. What's the TFL? Tensor fascial atoms. Tensor fascial Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> beat, me, beat me to it. Uh, I think um, you need to ask bikini girls, like professional bikini girls, because they would have the best answer for that. I did that, actually. I did that. Um, client of mine, uh, former client. She's not competing now. Uh, you got a, a chance to meet her, Skip, IFBU Pro Amy Landry. Remember her? She was at the yeah. uh, at the live podcast when we did the live podcast at the Arnold Classic. Um, yep. So I, I had a lot of issues with glute development. Like they never really fired properly. So a lot of guys they get in the gym, they start squatting, and then their butt grows. You know, it's like I never needed to do any of that stuff. So what I ended up doing was saying, and like for me, glutes were weak, and when I'd get really, really lean, it was hard to get detail in them because the muscle didn't stick out enough. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm going to go hang out with Amy, and I'm going to have her teach me her bag of tricks. So I literally went in, and we, you know, we kind of made fun of that whole thing, like I'm going to go do a glute workout with a bikini girl. But I ended up learning a ton, 
And um, I've talked about this on the show before. As a, a secondary effect, my uh, low back issues went away too. Turned out because my glutes weren't firing, you know, my lumbars would get strained all the time uh, because th- that's what was trying to support my low back and protect it on its own. Anyway, um, I think that maybe he needs to first lower the weight. And then this trick that I learned from her was I imagine that, like, imagine the whole top of the glute, imagine like a shelf running across that. And when you open your legs on the uh, adductor machine, uh, th- or excuse me, abductor machine, uh, think about activating that like upper ridge across the top. And I found, because before that, it was like always to me, it was like in the hips. Every time I would do that movement, it's like it just felt in the hips, in the hips. And when I changed my mindset, uh, I also probably changed my posturing some, but it made a difference and I was able to get the activation that I needed out of it. So I would suggest that he tried that. The other thing is, um, you know, I would pick up Brett Contreras' book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the wouldn't glute, hurt glute bible and then he also has a website uh the glutelab.com that has like 90 different exercises with video demonstrations for particular parts of the glute so i, I reference that all the time with athletes yeah yeah he's got some good stuff yeah. and he's got a bunch of stuff online too like go to his instagram you'll see all sorts of ideas and if you're if you're lazy and don't like reading then um <laughs> john uh john meadows he actually has a video he has a few videos but there's one in particular um where he literally breaks all of this down in terms of different exercises that he feels will address the different parts of uh different parts of the glue training it in the shortened position training in the lengthened position um lower body push movements that you can do um the ones that i use because that's that video actually helped me with my glue training because like my ass is gets big but the actual muscle itself wasn't that big so yeah like um like uh scott was saying you know if if, if the muscle itself is not big it's not going to push against the skin and you're not going to get the same level of detail you know especially me being a person of color we tend to have really thick skin especially around the glutes hmm. so um the exercises that I use the most, um, again, directly from John, uh, the hip thrust machine. Um, we have a, gl- a plate-loaded glute kickback that I use. So I put my I put my foot as low on the platform as I can, so that only my heel is touching. And I don't necessarily kick my leg back. I almost push my leg out and up, or my hip out and up. So it's more there's more movement at the hip than there is actually pushing. Uh, of the leg uh i'll do a lot of hip extension i mean not hip extension um hyper extension where you kind of roll your back over and so that you're only pushing your you're pushing your hips into the pad and only just driving with the glute and not using any of your back and then the last one is um leg press narrow 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 stance and feet all the way down and just let your quads go like into your soul before you push back up Really, um, the, those are the four that have helped me the most. Okay, let me throw one more in, and that is, and I, it's funny because I had not seen this piece until about three months ago, um, and she was fine. Oh no! But about uh, my God, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just on a really non-PC, uh, in a non-PC mood today. No, but I did not see this before. It's a hip thrust machine that has abduction at the same time. Have you guys seen this? Yes. It's, it's no. a, 
that's crazy. I had not seen that until about three months uh, ago. I thought it's kind of like a I hoist thought, machine, right? How it kind of moves uh, yeah, like this. Yeah, I call it a musical kind of similar, ride, similar. Yeah, because it's kind of yeah. complicated. Yeah, but I thought to myself at first, I'm like, I don't know if I. Then I thought about it more. I'm like, God damn, there should be a little bit of abduction because the medius is thigh abduction, and I think a little bit of internal rotation too. But you're not going to get you're not going to really be able to train it that way but with that no. hip thrust or glute thrust whatever the hell you want to call it um with the with the slight abduction that would i would think would just hammer the shit out of the medius because you, you're not going to have a whole lot of uh a whole bunch of exercises that are going to isolate the medius you're kind of Correct. working it, you know, it's working in tandem with everything else. You just, I, most of the time, I don't think too, from a bodybuilding standpoint, that's why I think this question is kind of difficult for us to answer because without an, an injury or a lower back weakness or something, your glutes not firing, you're not really going to train your glute medius. It's, it's not in body, but it's not going to be something that you think, ah, my glute medius is really just, it's, it's not there. I need to bring it up. That's not something it's trained along with the glutes and everything else during a lot of our compound leg movements, hamstring movements, posterior chain move, things like that. That makes sense. And just like if we were training chest, we can we can try to say, hey, like try to focus on upper chest. But at the end of the day, if you grow a bigger chest, upper chest is going to improve. If you grow bigger glutes, if you just train glutes, glute medius is going to improve. I, I will say gluteator. this, though. Oh, sorry. The Go gluteator? Ahead. I think that's, yeah, I asked Rachel with the machine. I think it's the gluteator. Oh, okay. All that right. sounds the right. gluteator. Yeah. Um, be a porn name, but, too. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> um, in an attempt to answer his question about the the abductor machine, uh, the only thing that I would suggest—I mean, he not like he didn't really give us much context—but um, it might be a posture thing, which is why he isn't feeling it in the glute. So maybe just keep your chest up and arch the back because it's really easy to just lay back on the seat and kind of like you know hunch over. The chest caves in and the back is rounded when you when you open up. So if you take the approach of kind of leaning forward a little bit, arch arch the back, lift the chest up. I think you'll, he'll be able to feel it and feel it feel it in the glute a little bit more. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media. If we've provided value to you today, then please consider contributing to our show. You can help support the show through Patreon. Every $5 helps to pay for the software and the hardware and everything else that goes into making a podcast. You can also contribute by using our code at True Nutrition. True Nutrition has been our title sponsor for several years now. I'm super grateful for them. And I've believed in True Nutrition supplements long before they sponsored our programming. You could use our code THINK for health supplements and performance supplements. Feel free to hit me up if you have any questions. And if you're in Canada, check out supplementsource.ca. They have free shipping over $99, huge discounts on overstock, short dated, and label change products. Plus, they have all your normal supplements too. Thank you guys for listening to the commercial. I hope you're having a great day and that your bodybuilding is going well. Let's get back to the show. All right. All right. Got a couple more here. Um, and we have a fun one, too. Let's see. So this is one more from Patreon. Uh, Sean says, um, my question for you and the guys was whether it matters when you take injectable L-carnitine. I know most people say to take it pre-workout or pre-cardio. I typically do as well. Uh, but I've also read that as long as your body's stores of carnitine are topped up, 
um, going into your training, it won't matter. Uh, do you guys have strong opinions on the timing? I like to take it around when, when, when I have carbs or insulin. So whether I'm taking it with a injectable insulin or when I'm having a higher carb meal, um, help drive it into the, into the, into cells. Yep. I agree. Uh, I'll, go I'll take go it. I'll usually take it, uh, in the morning. Um, I don't know if it, if it really makes that much of a difference from a fat burning standpoint during cardio. Um, but it helps me mentally, so I do it. But I definitely take it uh, post workout. So with my post workout meal, because I do believe that there is um, in there an energy metabolism, nutrient partitioning benefits that come with it. So I agree with Andrew there. I think without <laughs> insulin, I think it's highly overrated. Yeah, I've I've always and I know some people will respond very well to it. So that's one of those things where you still need to try it. You still you know don't go by well. Skip said it didn't work, so I'm not going to use it. No, use it and see. But I not only do I think it's incredibly effective with insulin, but so much so that I have questioned for a handful of years back to John and I used to talk about this whether it's actually the insulin that is more beneficial than the fucking carnitine itself. Hmm. But so many people have hmm. said, um, Jeff Black is one of he just raves about it and he could see I think you did, Andrew, too. Uh, oh, yeah. But without that insulin, and I've tried it a handful of different ways, and even with clients, some people respond relatively well to it, and then other people, you just literally, it's like you keep it in because on paper it's supposed to work, but you're not seeing anything visually like, damn, I could pull this and it's probably not going to change anything. Hmm. I think the insulin is the kicker. I I really do. And then that makes me wonder <clears throat> what happens if you leave the carnitine out and you only use the insulin because I was big on and still am to some degree uh, big on low dose insulin pre very low dose pre cardio, especially after cheat meals and skip loading for the first few days and come to find out. And I didn't know this until after, but Chris Aceto apparently uh, has been doing the same thing longer than I have, and I didn't know about that. So anytime you hear something that somebody else does, it's been around longer than you and you respect as a prep coach, it, and they back up what you've been doing, it's a pretty good feeling because you go, oh, shit, now I feel like I'm like I'm right. I wasn't just crazy thinking this, this is fucking working. Like, what the hell? Yeah. How, what kind like, of insulin dosing? Pardon me? What kind of insulin dosing are you talking there? Uh, with the carnitine or pre-cardio yeah. or yeah, with with carnitine. Uh, well, it, it, to be honest with you, it's not much different because it's still pre-cardio. I still pres I still subscribe to pre-cardio, whether it's just insulin or insulin and carnitine. My question is, I just don't know if the carnitine matters. But we're talking low dose, like uh, the first couple. Of, you can't do it the entire week because as you deplete, then you run the risk because your blood sugar levels aren't going to run as high, and you're going to be depleted. You could literally go hypo some people go hypo without any insulin yeah. if they get too deep and too depleted and they're doing cardio and they feel like they're going to pass out so it's the first two to three days yeah you're you're there you know the feeling uh no, it's the first the two to three days but it depends on whether it's a cheat day it depends on how depleted you are whether it's a skip load how big the skip loads are things like that but a big skip load two or three days and we're talking five units it's nothing huge it's it's enough to just kind of take the edge off of that the blood sugar levels to kind of go into cardio without them essentially being high. It just makes the process more efficient. I think, and I theorize that it just allows your body to tap into body fat stores as a fuel source versus having those high blood sugar issues or blood sugar levels. 
Cool. What were we going to ask Andrew? Mm. Oh, I was going to second. So the whole reason, like, I actually reached out to John initially was I saw one of his articles about intranutrition, right? Intra workout, peri workout, all that stuff. So when I was in high school, no one's going to believe me, but you guys remember Celtic, right? Of course, yeah. oh, yeah. of course. All right, everyone knows Celtic. You know, the thing was, you you did your workout and you drink your Celtic after training. It's got dextrose and creatine in it, right? So in my mindset, when I was like in high school, or when I was like seventeen, eighteen, I was the one. I started drinking it during my training. And like, it just made more sense to me that like, you're going to supply your body with insulin and aminos and glucose while you're training. Like you're going to decrease muscle protein breakdown, increase muscle protein synthesis while you're training. And so that's why I reached out to John. I was like, man, you didn't invent this shit. I was doing this back when I was 18 (laughs) when Celtech was out. (laughs) That's funny. How do you feel, Andrew, about, um, so with those benefits obviously comes the risk of um uh digest potential digestive issues like with people trying to process food while they train so what are what are your thoughts from that perspective absolutely you nailed it 100 because from there i progressed on to um after learning from dante you know we were using waxy maize right which is a higher molecular weight carbohydrate but back then i was so poor i couldn't even afford aminos in college and whatnot so i was throwing like regular um whey protein <laughs> into my drink and drinking that oh while i was God. training so can you imagine how that how you must feel you know yeah. four or five hundred pound squat and i was doing straight dc training then too so it was like you know trying to do like your Widowmaker sets with 60 grams of carbs of, from waxy maize and 20 grams of pro- straight up you know not even like hydrolyzed protein we're talking like the cheap <laughs> old-fashioned 100 like percent whey yeah, like 100% concentrate. So that that worked for like, well, I shouldn't say it worked. I did it for probably two or three years until I started making a little bit of money. But yeah, you now, so you, you hit on it. You hit the, head, the horn, you know, in terms of uh, the digestive issues that you can face using a, a lower molecular weight carbohydrate while intra, in training intra. So. Uh, give found- me just a second to go back because I got to make sure I cover. Please, nobody who's listening, start doing five units of insulin prior to cardio, and Fast then when cardio. you pass out and you end up on gym fuckery because you fell off the treadmill and everything, and then you come at me all pissed off because I said that. You have to understand that you abs. If you're going to go that route, you need to know what the fuck you're doing with insulin. You need to know your diet and your training backwards and forwards because it depends on what you're or not training. In this particular situation, it would be cardio, but still. You need to know, you need to make sure that you're not just kidding yourself and you're advanced and you know and have the knowledge to be able to do this. And you always start low. You start with a couple units. And it depends on whether you're doing hit cardio. It depends on how long the duration is, how depleted you are, all that shit. So please, please, if you fuck yourself up, and I don't want you to, don't email me, bitch. Don't DM me. I don't even want to fucking <laughs> Would you um would you agree with me that like when someone first started starts using insulin and they're very weary about it, you say, Okay, get up in the morning, test your blood sugar, let's take two units. Not no cardio, nothing. Just take two units. Absolutely. I want you to wait I want you to wait thirty minutes and then check your blood sugar again so we can start to see what kind of response do you get when we don't have any type of exercise in the situation. Right. And if there's not much, okay, let's try three units and so you kinda like titrate up. No cardio, no exercise involved, just to see what the, your body's normal response will be to a Humalog or some other rapid insulin source. Just right. to, just like so you get an idea. That. 
yeah, you can report back to your coach and you come up with a game plan to address it properly. You know, yeah, I like the sound of that. I'll I'll add um, as far as carnitine and timing. When I first got into the injectable carnitine, which was just this year, guys go to Amino Asylum, use our code Think. Uh, I I started. Uh, because of uh, you know having gotten sick, and I found that it's really beneficial. It really helped me clear the brain fog, and then I found that also I'd, I'd sweat like crazy using yep. L-carnitine. Yep. So then I started thinking, well, I'm not going to train for several hours. I want to get some work done. I'm going to take this L-carnitine in the morning, and you know then I'll just train later because I wanted to get that the the brain fog lifting benefit from it. So I'd get that, and then I'd train. You know maybe four hours later and i found that i'd still sweat just as much um and since then i've had a couple clients that had caught the bug and that we've been experimenting with l-carnitine with them and that one of them said uh, flat out they're like if i take it in the morning it seems to work all day and i still get the same sweating benefits now is that really doing what we want it to do i don't know but i can tell that I'm sweating more than I would have if I hadn't taken it. So I'm not saying either way, but that's I I, I feel like it could still be doing something. And Absolutely. you know, the thing he mentioned was that if you keep it loaded, then it should be good enough. And and I wonder. I I, I would lean to think that that probably is the case. That said, if I wanted to get the most out of it, I would probably still time it. You know, for bodybuilding purposes. Also. I want to say something just to make more people angry. I have never used insulin. I know no one's probably never going to believe me, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've never I've never actually used it before. Um, I just I don't know. I th- I think I had a I had a coach uh, prescribe it to me or try to one time, and I just I. I started asking questions about what the purpose was and i didn't like the answers i was getting so i was like yeah i'm not gonna do this so i just didn't um you know because the there wasn't you know i know obviously i could have just went online and did my own research but if i'm paying somebody and they're prescribing something to me i'm like okay well why am i doing this what's what are we trying to accomplish here and there just wasn't enough detail in the explanation for my liking so i just never did it Never took insulin. There you go. That was for Skip. <laughs> it's a very a lot of insulin. <laughs> a lot of insulin. <laughs> but aside from the insulin, the fact that you haven't used insulin, it's a very good point right there in the sense that if your coach has you do something or asks you to do something, you, you have every, every obligation right. You need to ask questions. And if you don't like the answers or it doesn't make sense, it's not logical. It doesn't seem sensical. You're not comfortable with it. Then you just don't fucking do it. You do not exactly. have to adhere and listen to what your coach is saying. If you're not comfortable, you need to be a hundred percent on board and comfortable with anything that your coach is asking you to do. And if your coach can't explain why, then don't ever fucking do it. Yeah, that was like the that. ultimate point that I wanted to make in bringing that up. Yep. All right, we got two more here. Um, first one is if I can find it, and I don't make it see a cheesecake it, no. question. Yeah, it, it was almost as good. I, I actually wanted to be able to like actually pull it up. I'm not hungry, so I was thinking cats, but you know that's just me. Cats. I've been watching your cats pace back and forth. Are They're they, really yeah, nice, they, aren't they? They want attention. <laughs> All right. 
So the first part is in reference to Skip last week saying that the show isn't for free, that there's actually you have to send a check in the mail. Do you remember that? Uh, this is back from Comfy Sweats, who I found out is who I thought it was. She's uh, in it and she is a female in, in Canada. She is a client of Victoria's. She says, um, uh, Here's uh, hoping the couch potato edition comes to fruition. Coach potato. <laughs> Coach potato. Oh, nice. Very well played. I like that. Uh, binge, stream, and gaze. I'd love to hear, because we mentioned like TV shows. I'd love to hear what you guys are watching. And she also had another great episode for the last one. Thank you. Nice. So we'll, we, I figured we'd start with uh, Derek, since you're in prep. I don't know if you have time to watch TV, but I know that it's nice to be able to have something to distract yourself when you're hungry. And I know that you like do. you are a fan of all sorts of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I do a lot of reading, actually. Um, I mean, I, I do watch some stuff at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Lame> nerd. <laughs> so you know, Derek, I'm with you. We do an hour every night before bed. Do you? It, you just you, you sleep better. Like I just there's yeah. no two ways around it. The 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 quality of sleep that I get if I go to bed after reading versus watching TV, it's it's different. It's very different. Um. So, but I mean, when I watch stuff, uh, man. When I'm in prep, my go-tos, and not really shows, I have, like, three movies that I, like, I will absolutely go to that I know I'm going to enjoy, and it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy, um, any of the Blade movies, and any of the Matrix movies. Like, those easily, if I'm just scrolling and I just happen to see it, I'm going to watch it. And I've watched all of those probably, like, three dozen times. Nice. Um, I'm not really... I'm not really too big on uh shows though we started watching uh this viking show uh on netflix was it? there's two of them last there's kingdom. the last king last kingdom yeah and um vikings of valhalla those yep. a1 a1 nice you guys go 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 and what do you got apparently andrew you just don't you guys read i Scott and I, we usually fuck before we go to bed. That's a lot more fun than reading. That's, that's midday. But whatever. Not together, not though. Prep, not so together. We, we don't do that. Like. <laughs> These two, yeah, not together. Exactly. These two are, and I'm holding it up here like you can see. These two are in prep. Scott and I aren't, so we do normal shit. But anyway, uh, I'm waiting on two. I watch, my wife and I watch a ton of shit. Usually on the weekends, sometimes on Wednesday nights, but that's about the only time I have. Uh, to sit down and watch it but uh, I'm waiting on the second season of Your Honor on um, Prime it's um, Brian Cranston and it's they're on the same filming schedule basically as Ozark it's like every two years it's like come on they apparently have other projects and they're getting to the to their Netflix episode, even though they're really popular, when they can, because other things to take. I need to watch that but. show, Ozark. Is it good? Oh god, oh, oh, it's, it's intense. I, Don't watch it before just, bed. It's freaking insane. I, you won't go I, to I, bed. It's in my it's top great. three, and it might be damn near number. I think it's better than Breaking Bad. It was better than Justified. Really? And, yeah. And I'm, I was a it's big intense. fan of Justified. If you haven't seen Justified, it's an older one, 2013. Uh, Raylan Givens, U, U.S. Marshal. It's freaking awesome. Uh, but Ozark is just so well done that it's like next level the writing the character depth it's just oh shit anyway um and i just i didn't bring up ozark only because i i just figured everybody had seen it uh the other one is um waiting on the uh a sequel actually no nah, it's not a sequel it's like a um spinoff or whatever of justified 
and rate they're going to do it they're they're in the process of starting filming and it's going to be based in detroit and it is the raylan givens um u.s marshal guy but he's going to be in detroit now instead of in kentucky in in a holler down in kentucky i'm hoping that it's going to be good i assume it it probably will be i tried to get into stranger things i know i'm just not a fiction guy i got three or four in and i can't follow i don't like things that are not real i can't do fiction i just can't that's it's too bad disappointing that's i know i know my wife loves fiction but i just i can't I like true to i like true to life things i like if, if, it, if it comes on and says based on true story i'm like ooh, that <laughs> shit is just good to me or historical um yeah. things not necessarily war things but things that just are real or autobiographical i like i like shit like that but those two things that's those are the shows that i'm waiting on and i've seen damn near everything so what if, what if it says based on a true story but like it's like uh like horror like paranormal yeah, I'm not see, and I am not a parent. I literally will sit there and roll my eyes because my wife loves it. Ghosts and things. I don't believe in things like. I like that stuff. I like that I stuff. Just, I can't. I. I, ugh. I Unexplained I with William Shatner. They start talking about weird shit, and I'm just rolling my eyes. I'm like, I'm I think that's shit. part of the reason I like it, though, is because it's not real. It's not like, like I don't want to. Sometimes, like I don't want to watch an action movie where, like, you're getting like, like the purge, which could potentially happen one day in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to yeah. watch something where, like, you know, there's ghosts, and you know, maybe there is ghosts out there, but you know what I mean? It's not like my everyday thing. Let's take it out to space or something. I can just be like, oh, this would never, you know, it's not really going to happen. You know, like speed when they jumped that bus and there was no ramp i turned it off and said i just cannot i can't i will not watch this i can't watch wait speed really come on it's yeah, a classic. He jumped, they jumped the bus and there was no ramp you can't that's jump what made it so cool like duke's a hazard that's believable because there was a ramp not yeah but you can see that in real life andrew you read books is there any tv that you guys watch or go to the yeah, movies I mean, anything like that I, I do watch a ton of shows i do like the historical stuff more than anything but uh like i do like shows about war or like the viking shows th things about civilizations mm -hmm. that but uh right now we're watching uh the old man you guys heard of that one somebody mentioned good. that someone mentioned really it in the comments just recommended yeah. that to i don't know who it is really good um uh jeff the bridges he's an ex-cia agent who's been hiding from the cia and the american government for like 30 years hiding out until finally his cover's blown and and he's got to like take care of some situations to make sure his daughter's safe it, it, he's a badass even at 65 70 years old yep. and then uh we're also watching that other one uh oh um the dropout it's about that girl uh, elizabeth holmes that uh she she faked her way into making like six and a half billion dollars creating this company holy yep. shit yep where she there's actually been a documentary and now there's a tv show about it which damn is more in depth she i mean she had all these heavy hitters like secretary of defenses former um like charles schwab like executives like like big time people with lots of money invested in her company and on her board and she fooled them all and didn't have a product that worked and well that was julia garner the girl from it was ruth from um ozark oh i like her she's one of my favorite in that oh, show. That's just, she's an incredible actress yeah oh my God. Uh, you're, you're thinking of a different one you're thinking of a different well show. that was the movie right no, 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 no. You're thinking of a completely different girl who fooled all these other people. That woman, she fooled all these people into like creating this like social light club in New York City, right? She's actually from yeah. like Germany or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Are yeah, completely different. Yeah, she was trying to. She had all the same same exact story, but but different oh. story, like different. Um, yeah, but okay. anyway, there's another one actually with Chris Pratt on uh, Amazon Prime uh, right now that you guys would like if you like action. Um, oh, it's like Navy the military, like, like he's in the military or like the the government or something. I forget. I just he, saw the ad for it. It's really good. Like in his his act is you know um how um what's his name uh, Keanu Reeves is with like how he learned like all like the moves and everything for the Matrix or for um, John Wick. John Wick. Like yeah, he like knows all the gunplay. He knows all the defensive move. Like it's pretty exciting. So it's another. Uh, cool. I can't think of the name. Right. Of. But if you look on Amazon, it's, it's just type in Chris Pratt. Andrew like, said one maybe more, maybe Derek like, would like The Witcher. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Derek mm. fiction. Yeah, that's that, 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 that's my uh, that, that's that's my that's my uh, forte. <laughs> I've, it's actually a video game. I've played the video game, so yeah. um, so the, watching the show was actually uh, actually the game was better, but whatever. But yeah, what? I'm way up to date with The Witcher. What were you going to add, Skip? You can't forget Yellowstone. I have a client oh, who lives. Nah. She owns yep. a gym in Dublin. A lot of people talk about Dusty, that. Dusty keeps talking about that. Oh, it's, Great it's absolutely, it's so, so fucking good. They're filming the next season right now. And a couple mm-hmm. of the, or a few of the actors and actresses come into her gym right to bare arms right there in Derby. <laughs> and she has to, she battles with her members to leave the cast alone instead Damn. of, you know, being starstruck and wanting pictures and everything else. But, uh, very I'd cool. offer to coach right for free. The I know. If I was right? in that gym, exactly. I'd be like, "Hey, I'll train you for free." Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? But great. It's a, just a great, great. I mean, you know, anytime uh, you have Kevin Costner, and he's just he's brilliant. Holy he's shit. built for that role too. He's built for. Oh, that role. no question. Yeah, I, I find and the sequels, or I'm sorry, the prequel to it, uh, nineteen twenty-five. 1883, 1883 there you go but there's another one 1925 or 1932 that's coming, that coming up too out. that yep. they're building to that one so it, it's just a great great series i find I for say, myself if you, if you just start saying the years if you just say each year you know eventually you'll get the right one <laughs> yeah it's in there somewhere <laughs> it's somewhere between Peaky 1883 good. and i should remember that because Peaky 1883 blinders. is the lucasi um classic uh boot Edition. I don't know if you guys are cowboy boots, but I had my phase when I was in Colorado, where I had me a oh, few God. pair of eighteen eighty-two Casey's. They were fucking badass. <laughs> For me, it depends on what Victoria wants to watch. We have to find. It's not just my taste. It's like what's my taste and her taste, and how are we going to come together to watch something that we both yeah, can enjoy? It's so cute that you guys are so new in your relationship that you do that. After thirty years, one of you is going to see win. the hope in his yeah, eyes. She she wins. <laughs> I, I she wins because here's the thing: is that like you know everything she talks about is about health and about sleep hygiene and all that stuff so we we can't like we're finishing uh stranger things and literally we have one episode left but we have to have the right night to watch it yeah. where it's early enough that when we can watch something boring after that mm. and then still go Order to sleep. pizza do it for me <laughs> i had one more question for me this one's specifically for derek this is uh from keith Ooh. he and, and i thought this would be perfect for you to answer uh keith okay. had asked he says he's six and a half weeks out from a show any good advice do's don'ts tips love the shows you guys are the best so considering that you're at the point you're at he, you can most relate to him where with with your current situation. If you can think of, you know, one little parting piece of advice for him, and really anybody else watching that might be six or week mm-hmm. le- six or last weeks out. Um. Uh. So 
practical advice as far as like the actual like bodybuilding aspect of things um try to keep your training as intense now as it was when you had a lot of food and you were feeling really good um if you were doing you know drop sets supersets things like that try to keep that stuff in to keep your calorie expenditure high and constant um you know obviously nail your cardio listen to what your coach is telling you to do um as far as outside of the gym um try to keep your activity level up it's very easy to get lazy when you get close to a show um and just not do things make sure you do stuff whether it's just things around the house or outside in the garden whatever and then as and then as far as like non-bodybuilding advice uh the last piece i would say is don't forget about your loved ones and the people that care about you and support you in the name of doing a show that is the dumbest fucking thing that you could possibly ever do um to try to alienate people and relationships in the name of trying to pursue a trophy it's not worth it um because those people will have your back before and after your prep so whatever you can do to keep those relationships positive and flourishing do those things if you're in if you if you're in an actual relationship with somebody plan little date nights you don't not everything you do has to involve food um yeah. i remember taking anastasia to um there's like a there's a japanese garden that's like an hour and a half north and it's like this huge display there's cherry blossoms everywhere there's running water and all this all this really around oh no my headphones died we can hear you though we can hear you, we can hear you. okay my headphones died uh no um so we went to so we went to that um there was a uh, like a like a cove or cave um it was like a it was like a, a pool, a giant pool in a cave, and we went swimming. We've gone canoeing, like things like that. Hell um, yeah! So don't. I guess what I'm. I guess what I'm just trying to say is, you know, do whatever you need to do to foster those relationships with the people around you. Don't forsake them for a bodybuilding show. It is not excellent worth it. advice. I appreciate that, and I'm sure everybody listening will, too. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you, I'm going to have your uh, Instagram down below, IFBB Pro uh, Weapon X. What, what is your actual Instagram, though? Is that, that's not it, is it? Is it? Uh, Weapon X underscore IFBB Pro. That's what it was. I knew there was an underscore in there somewhere. And, and what's the name of your gym? Uh, fam Tampa. So if you if you type in fam.tampa into um, the search bar on Instagram, you'll find us. Hell yeah. And, and dude, my bio. dude, you have so many people that are rooting for you uh, at the channel. I'm excited. I know everybody is just pumped to see how things go. Uh, I'm sure that everybody's going to be watching. If they're not there, they'll be, you know, probably checking on the live stream or at the very least, uh, you know, watching Instagram that day to look when the pictures come out. Uh, man, we appreciate you taking the time, especially this close to the show. It's, it's uh, good to hang out with you here. Absolutely, I appreciate you guys. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on and, and wanting me to be here. And Scott, I made a promise to you, leading into the New York Pro, that I haven't forgotten that I'm going to carry over into this show, yes. which is if slash when I win, I'm going to call you afterwards because you wanted a live reaction. Yeah, that's awesome. We're going to do like a live. Cool. I'm glad you remember that. Yeah, we're going yeah, to connect. So I can and doing that. 
cool. We're going to connect and record that. I'm pumped, man, and I'm looking forward to it. And uh, and I believe in you, man. I feel like that this could be the show that you pull this thing together, man. I'm 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 looking for a first here. Thank you, thank you. So am I. I, I th- I'm really, really feeling good, very, really positive, um, and I have you know so many people that love me and support me, and um, I'm just I'm a lot of gratitude. I'm very happy. Hell yeah. And of course, guys, go over to uh, teamskip.com. You can reach out to Skip over there for some coaching. Uh, Bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew there. McNallyDiets at gmail.com. You can email me. Uh, Check out our sponsors, truenutrition.com. You can use code THINK or you can use code WEAPONX because he's a sponsored athlete by True Nutrition. Uh, You can go to supplementsource.ca if you're in Canada. Get some blowout deals and supplements there. And once again, as I mentioned before, I appreciate all you guys who are supporting us on Patreon. For another episode of Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip, Andrew. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I do a lot of shows, okay? Right, that was great. <laughs> and special guests, Weapon X. <laughs> yes. I'm Scott McNally. We'll see you guys soon.